again from the Granite State. My name is Gary, and this is the Restoring Main Street podcast. As always, I thank you for joining me. Uh, hope you had a great week this past week. Um, as you can see at the beginning of the podcast now, I do run a quick 50-second um, spot for my book, The North Country Chronicles. Um, that's one way that you can support me if you like the content and what it is that I'm sharing with you here. So if you would consider going to Barnes & Noble online or Amazon or even a digital copy from uh, iTunes, The North Country Chronicles, anybody that uh, enjoys poetry centered around uh, faith, our country, love, um, life questions, the sea. I'm a big fan of the ocean, so all of those things are covered within the pages, and like I said, I'd appreciate it if you would consider picking up a copy or perhaps purchasing one for a friend for, um, for Christmas. They make great Christmas gifts. So, tonight's topic, it's... It's kind of rare that um, I have two podcasts in a row where the topics actually really link together very well. Um, a lot of times there's a, a, a central theme that you can connect, but tonight's, um, I think, really connects with the last podcast in talking about um, the effects of the Great Reset, uh, ESG scores, and um, some of the things that are occurring out there in order for us to have our society basically herded in the direction that uh, the oligarchs and the powers that be want us to go. So without, uh, like I said, dragging this intro in too much longer, let me, let me just start the program and uh, we'll get to the heart of the matter. And there we go. Last week, uh, if you had a chance to listen to the podcast, I appreciate it. Uh, if you liked, shared, subscribed, uh, hit the notification button, any of those things that help us out, I appreciate that as well. But what we were discussing and what I was discussing and trying to share last week was the attack on the fossil fuel industry um, through the banking industry. They are one of the... Uh, and when I say banking, I'm talking about the larger banks, not so much the local banks. But they are um, full on board with the whole idea of the Great Reset, with uh, ESG scores and, uh, you know, awarding you with your ESG score based on environment, uh, your environmental impact, uh, your social impact, and uh, how well you play with others when we talk about governance. And that's what ESG uh, stands for, and you will get an overall average score based on all of uh, those points, all three of those points, and uh, you know how well you shake out with what it is they're expecting you to do. So, like I said, we were talking about how the banking industry um, is attempting to twist the arm uh, of of the whole Great Reset, getting things going, and basically holding back funding to. Um, the fossil fuel industry itself, not providing the loans and the financial support that they need in order to build new plants, uh, whether it be coal-fired, um, 
just to do everyday business. And you might say to yourself after listening to last week's show, um, well, you know, I, I mean, I, I understand um, the importance of that. But Gary, right, right now, I, I, don't, I don't necessarily feel uh, some of those things affecting me. Well, as it turns out, um, I found an article this week. And let me just grab this really quick. And I'll share this with you. So directly related with the idea of the banking industry and its effects on fossil fuel industry, here's an article that I found from the New Hampshire Journal. This was a December 6th article by Damian Fisher. And uh, you can see the headline there, uh, Pipeline Policies. Green politics could mean controlled power outages in New England. Now, again, I'm going to talk about my area of the country, you know, um, the good old Granite State and the surrounding states. Uh, this is not specific to, you know, uh, anyone else as far as uh, this particular story. But if it can happen here and you're catching this podcast from another part of the country or another part of the world, um, believe me, this can happen to you as well. So how does this relate to last week's podcast? Let me, um, let me be so bold as to try to stumble through the article here, and uh, you know how good I am at, uh, at reading some of these things, so please don't let my inadequacies uh, affect the message. So forgive me if I stumble. Um, not one of my... Um, better suits, but uh, I guess if I'm going to do this on a regular basis, I better get a whole lot better at it. Okay, so what this article says, it's New, England, New England's power grid would, won't be able to sustain itself through a prolonged cold snap this winter as fuel for generating electricity and heating homes becomes more expensive and more scarce. The grid's operators warned on Monday. Uh, the results could be controlled power outages, leaving some granite staters in the cold and dark. That's kind of a bleak, um, bleak, bleak outlook. But to get the full effect of this, I am going to read down through the uh, entire article. During a press briefing on the upcoming uh, winter's outlook, ISO New England president and CEO Gordon Van Wheel said when temperatures fall to extremes, the region's electrical generation system relies on liquid natural gas, or LNG, and fuel oil to power the grid. In recent years, oil and LNG have filled the gap when uh, extended periods of very cold weather has constrained natural gas pipeline supplies, Van Wheel said. Higher prices globally for these fuels, as well as pandemic-related supply chain challenges, could limit their availability in New England if needed to produce electricity this winter. The region would be in a precarious position if an extended cold snap were to develop and these fuels were not available. 
So precarious, in fact, they could result in rolling blackouts. And uh, as I read down through uh, more of this article, you're going to see how it relates to last week's idea of squeezing the fossil fuel companies. Next paragraph. One reason is the limited supply of natural gas via pipelines, which are the safest and most reliable way to move fuel. Policies in blue states of New York, Massachusetts, have all but blocked New England's access to more abundant natural gas availability from Pennsylvania, which produces more than a fifth of the nation's supply. Another issue is the global energy market, Van Wheel said, as Europe and Japan become more reliant on LGN, LNG, excuse me, which prices for LNG in Asia and Europe nearly double what it is in New England. It makes sense that most LNG producers are shipping their supplies overseas. These limitations are in addition to uh, tip, uh, typically logistical challenges such as uh, inclement weather that can affect fuel delivery in the region, Van Wheel added, a national storage of uh, excuse me, a national shortage of truck drivers may also affect the speed at which some generators can replenish their fuel supply, as the trucking, uh, trucking system is shared by multiple industries, including commercial and residential heating and electric generation. Now, this just, this just helps to reemphasize um, when we talk about last week's, um, I'm pausing here in the article, um, when we were talking about last week's effect of the banking industry uh, refusing or finding ways to um, not finance fossil fuel industry, and when you say that, we're talking about building of new facilities, um, anything that would, excuse me, allow the supply of what it is that we need to run our cars, to heat our homes, to obviously keep the power grid in New England and the Granite State functional this winter so that your grandmother, if she relies on a heating source that involves electricity and therefore uh, fossil fuels, well, you know, the price going up is going to affect uh, how high she feels she can turn that thermostat and the availability. But if she doesn't have a generator system, if we have rolling blackouts, you know what, if her tank is full, that doesn't much matter, does it? Because if you need electricity to run the house, you certainly need it to run your furnace. So that's how it relates to last week's podcast. And let me continue to read a little bit further here in this article from uh, the New Hampshire Journal. Efforts to address this challenge may be either building more power plants or natural gas pipelines have been blocked. The net result is New Englanders pay some of the highest energy prices in the nation for power from a grid that's under ever more stress. Five of the top 10 states for the highest electric rate in the continental U.S. are in New England. 
Maine happens to be number 11. Across the nation, home heating oil prices have risen from an average of $2.55 a gallon to $3.55 a gallon today. Propane prices have jumped from $1.88 a gallon to $2.71 a gallon in the past year. New England is expected to see a mild winter during the 2001-22 season. However, according to Van Wheel, weather is uncertain, extreme cold snaps are not out of the question given climate change. And he noted the region can came within days of running out of fuel in the winter of 2017 to 2018, he said. So all of this is, you know, pretty ver verboding. Um, like I said, it just reemphasizes the fact that uh, the whole Great Reset, the whole uh, demonizing of uh, pipelines and, and safe ways to move fuel across this country, uh, the Keystone Pipeline, the effects that shutting that down has had, um, when you have cyber attacks that shut down uh, supplies for a period of time, all of which, you know, affect us on a regular basis, you know, like I said, at the pump and at home trying to heat our homes. But, you know, when you have a power grid that relies on these particular fuels and you don't have a viable replacement, you know, uh, green energy is... Green energy is right now is not good to go as far as um, taking care of some of those issues for us. You know, battery life that is necessary to uh, deal with solar um, doesn't store enough. We don't get enough sunshine in the colder months in New England to always make that effective. Think about what happened in Texas last year. Texas had converted a lot of its um, grid supply to solar and then had issues with the actual windmills that provided those um, wind-supplied, um, you know, electricity, the power. You know, they had attempted to go green, but you, you saw what happened in Texas. So, you know, right now all the alternative energies that they talk about are either very uh, cost-prohibitive, uh, don't have... Uh, the ability to work and function in all forms of uh, climate or conditions. So, you know, the effort that they're putting forth here to uh, force us into uh, a greener society uh, is, is beyond harmful. I don't think there's an American out there that um, would not have a problem with transitioning if, in fact, all of these uh, alternative sources were actually up to par, were affordable, and uh, we could transition e easily. I, you know, here's the funny thing. Amer Americans are not, um, the only reason they're tied to fossil fuels is because right now that's the only thing that makes sense as far as cost, functionality, and availability. So that is the reason behind our need and our want for fossil fuels. Uh, let me see if I can read a little bit more into this. Okay, picking up uh, 
Peter Brendan, ISO New England's Vice, uh, Vice President of Systems Operations and Marketing uh, Administration, said the COVID pandemic is also playing a role. More people working from home means more power consumption as more individuals turn a spare bedroom into an office rather than sharing a common space with many other people. And now more businesses have reopened and are using power too. So it's a double whammy, he said. We're trying to get everyone to understand the issues. Brendan said the ISO um, New England will be issuing 21-day forecasts for utilities and governments to be, uh, government to be able to make better choices about power needs in advance. One emphasis will be urging conservation during extreme weather. Brendan said that um, uh, people could be encouraged to turn down their thermostats and limit use using appliances like uh, washing machines and electric stoves during cold spells. If not, control power outages are not out of the question. So, like I said, this continues to be um, a not-so-favorable um, outlook on this winter that we're rolling into. And he goes on. We operate in winter very close to the edge here in New England, Van Wheel said. The 15 million people in New England need to understand the precarious position we are in when we have an extended period of extreme cold weather. Van Wheel acknowledged alternatives to fossil fuels are necessary, but there needs to be a plan in place. Hydropower from Quebec could be part of the solution, but it's not the complete answer, he said. The region needs to consider investing in a system that allows for up to two weeks of power generation using a source that doesn't need to be imported. A modular nuclear reactor could be uh, could take care of the problem he said but in the current political climate it is is unlikely to get approval green fuels like green hydro, uh, hydrogen are uh, prohibitive expense you know uh, are prohibitively expensive that means power generated generators need lng and oil to bridge the gap and those power plants need to have a reliable reserve. Lots of actions have been attempted over the years. Unfortunately, fortunately, we still haven't solved this problem, Van Wheel said. The region needs a more robust solution than what we have. I would say that that is an understatement. It's sad to think about. Um, if you think back a year ago at this time, although it would not have changed the condition of our power grid because things need to change, um, the lack of consideration for more nuclear power plants which have uh, an amazing safety record, but have been vilified, um, would make a huge difference if you're really concerned about the environment. 
But like I said, a year ago, think back at this time, and we would not be having this conversation basically because we did not have an energy supply issue. Fuel was readily available, so at least it was just the power grid we had to worry about. Actual supply was there, and costs were much lower. So when does that play enough of a uh, significant role that it causes people to actually pause and think about what it is that this administration and the idea of the Great Reset are trying to force us into. This is an attempt to gain more control over your life. How does that feel? How do you feel about the idea of an elderly family member living here in New England who has a functioning furnace and home, but the idea of blackouts could pose a huge problem for them? Now, yeah, you know, I know you can solve those problems if you have a generator at your house. Yeah, you can certainly go over and pick up um, Graham or Gramp and bring them to your home uh, until the issue is over. But if you're talking about cold snaps, if you're talking about things that can uh, you know, occur whenever weather just decides to uh, you know, go awry, you know, winter is cold, I don't, don't care what you're, you, you know, climate change individuals care to share or, or talk about, but um, winter in New England and the northern part of this country, northern hemisphere this time of year, it can kill. It can kill if you don't have what you need to stay warm. So like I said, it, it's very unique and different um, when I have a couple of podcasts that run, you know, so close together one week to the next that, you know, a story just kind of rolls um, from uh, one important issue, in fact, about trying to destroy the uh, fossil fuel industry and putting us further in a dangerous and precarious position. And then you get an article like this in the New Hampshire Journal talking about the facts of the upcoming winter and the potential for some serious um, power outages based on fuel availability. I have a hard time in my own head justifying um, how the powers that be, the spirit of the age, the people that just by their mere actions and, and some of these things that are right out in the open obviously have not a care in the world about how your life is impacted when it comes to the issues and the direction that they want to herd you all in, herd all of us in. And when I read this article, um, I, I knew from, uh, like it, it, it had mentioned here, uh, like Damien Fisher had mentioned in his article here that back a few years ago, uh, the power grid was 
um, here in New England was in a very dangerous, dangerous situation um, as far as supply, but also the amount of sources that we have in order to produce enough power during some of these difficult months. We're, we're at maximum capacity, and the idea, the idea that we would let a global force like the World Economic Forum and the ideas of the Great Reset um, further put us in a dangerous spot, uh, forcing us, like I said, to go in a direction that they want us to go. I, um, <sighs> Is it time for all of you to stand up and push back? Like I talked about um, the treasurer from West Virginia, Mr. Moore, Riley Moore, who produced that, um, that notice that I told you about last week that 14 states had signed on to. I sent an email to my state treasurer uh, with a copy to the governor and a couple of um, local friends of mine so they could follow along uh, to see if I actually get a response. I sent those off uh, with the question, you know, from my state treasurer, are you going to sign on to this? Are you going to address this issue? I gave you uh, a copy uh, down below in the comment section of that link so you could read that document. I gave you a clip from uh, the Glenn Beck program from last week, a little 13-minute spot that explained it even further. My hope in sharing these things and like I said, this part of it does follow in the same theme of what I've talked about that I want to address over the next few weeks is ways to adjust your life, ways you can approach this um, whole spirit of the age and the things that you're trying to force you into, ways that you can, um, as much as I hate to do this, but they're forcing us into it, create an alternative um, society and way to function um, because we have to form a, a parallel society. The, um, the spirit of the age that's pushing this just wants us to conform. We're, we're not going to be necessarily allowed to just live our lives the way we'd like to make uh, the decisions that we want to make independently of them. They want to force us into compliance and they don't want to hear any pushback. Well, grabbing a copy of that notice from West Virginia, shipping it off to your state treasurer and governor, and making note of this New Hampshire Journal article uh, and how it associates with that. All of this is just information, ways for you to think about, okay, this is New England. What's happening in your part of the country? Is, could this be you know, a very similar story to yours? Of course it could. So all I really want you to do is consider what it is that I'm sharing. I will, uh, again this week, put a link to this New Hampshire Journal article in the comments section after I post this podcast so that you can read um, this article for yourself. 
And I want you to just, I want, I'm trying to give you things that will hopefully um, leave you feeling, you know, empowered, like there's something that you can do other than get angry and, and wait to vote. Um, like I said, the idea of sitting on the sidelines, that's no longer, that's no longer an option. We all need to get involved as much as we possibly can. Become informed. That's one of the biggest things. Educate yourself. I give you these things, and my hope is that you will check into yourself. I don't expect you to take my word for what it is I tell you. That's why I'm trying to make sure that I share the links. And if you see a podcast, a previous podcast, and you want to know anything about the information that I'm talking about, if I didn't share a link, reach out to me. I will gladly um, share the links and where I um, found the information with you so that you can read it for yourself, internalize it, uh, understand it, get to know it. I just want to give you some, some tools um, to try and fight back. So. so that's where I'm at this week. That's what the... Uh, looking to cover and um, as it you know as always I'm just so very grateful uh, that you tune in and you check out this podcast each week you can find um, Restoring Main Street uh, I post a link to the YouTube um, portion of my podcast when I post to YouTube I'll, I'll put a link to that on Facebook and that's basically because I think Facebook is probably much more favorable to YouTube uh, than if I posted my links to Gab TV, where I also post this podcast, uh, to Rumble, where I also, or BitChute, where I also post this podcast. And if you just want to listen to the audio portion of this and are not so much into the video or that you're just so busy that audio makes it easier for you, you can find the Restoring Main Street podcast on Spotify, Google Play, uh, iTunes, um, Anchor FM, uh, there's four or five uh, more smaller um, audio uh, podcast uh, platforms that I'll, I'll try to um, create a list and post that at the bottom. So like I said, if you prefer just listening to audio, you can listen to that. And I would appreciate, you know, like uh, a five-star review of, of the podcast. If you enjoy what it is that uh, I share, that would be very helpful. Um, and like I said, uh, five-star review, subscribe, follow, hit the notifications button, share with a friend. All of that um, just helps me gain and the program gain a little more traction, and it's something greatly appreciated. And uh, not to forget about these folks. Like I've shared with you before, my good friends at metalheadsrock.com, if you're into uh, the headbanging scene and want some, um, some great T-shirts or paraphernalia, if you want some um, jewelry, if, if you're into horror films, they have you know, uh, T-shirts with uh, you know, Freddy Krueger and Jason and some of those uh, individuals on there, too, if that's something you're into. The punch-outs behind me, my logo, and the 1776 flag. Uh, they, are, they have a metal shop, an actual metal shop, and um, they produce 
Uh, those wall hangings, they have all kinds of uh, interesting wall hangings that you can get. Not only those, but um, something in your style, something uh, that would fit your decor motif or whatever you want to call it at your home. So you can check that out. And they, as far as I know, unless something has changed, they also do metal burn pits uh, with different things punched in the metal so that you've got something unique in your backyard uh, when you invite friends and family over and a great conversation piece. And you can tell them, yeah, I got this from my friends at metalheadsrock.com. They have a store in the Lilac Mall in the wonderful city that I live in in Rochester. But like I said, you can go to the website and get all the details, take a look at all that they offer, check them out. Uh, they're, just, they're just great people, and uh, that's why I share that with you each week. Uh, here it is again. We find ourselves at the, at the end of the podcast, and... Um, like I said, I am just so very grateful for all the support uh, that I get. I would prefer, like I said um, uh, in past podcasts, that you would consider going to uh, Rumble and uh, Gab TV and engaging with me there, commenting and those type of things. I know people are used to going to YouTube, but honestly, um, I'd like to see people go to some of these alternative platforms because those are the places that we're going to be able to go to and be able to have discussions and not be censored. You know, your, your getters as opposed to Twitter, you know. Um, it's just... That's where independence and free speech is, is alive again. So please, you know, go to MeWe, go to Gab go together. I do have an Instagram account. I do have a Twitter account, you know, um, Restoring Main Street Podcast. You can find all of those there, the different platforms. But like I said, I'd, I prefer you go to Gap TV or BitChute or, or Rumble. And um, as I always leave you, I'll share, with, share the idea of, uh, of God, freedom, and family. Uh, because I uh, completely believe that if we lose the first two, that our families are, are truly doomed. So uh, until next week, thank you again for tuning in, and um, please use the information I shared with you. Fight back. God bless.